Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 here from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina on a cloudy day. It hasn't hadn't cut loose yet today. Boy, it sure did yesterday. It sure did. Uh, good morning, Ronnie. Good morning. What are you doing way over there? I feel strange. <laughs> As everybody knows that listens to this show, I've been trying to run this board and uh, Greg is off today. We'll talk about Greg a lot in a few minutes, but... Um, Ronnie's sitting over there in his chair on the other side of this console, and he's usually sitting here like a like the angel, big angel on my shoulder to <laughs> try to help me push the right buttons. But he's over there today, and we're going to see if uh, you're flying semi solo today. Semi solo. The co pilot's uh, back in the back of the plane. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. How you doing? Doing good. Good to see you here. Um, I want to touch on exactly what the show's going to be about today. We have a, a guest and it's bud moore and mm-hmm. this is um uh, in honor of d-day which of course was the 75th anniversary last thursday june the 6th and this is going to be something i'm going to play at 10 20 when we have our normal legend segment and it's an interview that i did with bud moore back- long distance call yeah real long distance no this was uh, done in his kitchen back in uh, 2015 when I wrote the book about Bud Moore, or we wrote it together. And, you know, for a long time, he was very reluctant to talk about World War II at all. But in his later years, he uh, he warmed up to it a little bit, or, or actually was just able to to put aside the horror of it and, and tell the story. And he's got a heck of a story. So uh, we're going to play that story from uh, just the interviews that I did while writing the book. He would tell it to me, and I'd go home and type it up. And this is going to be what he told me about D-Day, and we're going to play that at 1020. And I wish all to uh, listen to it carefully because it's a heck of a story, and it, and he's uh, he he was one American hero if there ever was one. Well, that, that term hero gets thrown around a lot, and I think used sometimes when it should not be. But Bud Moore and his comrades yeah were true american heroes Un- undoubtedly and if you watched any of the coverage of d-day you know some of that was some pretty powerful stuff and you know there's only i think i heard them say at some point over the past couple of days that and i didn't think it was this many but i thought i heard them say there's half a million world war ii veterans still left but they're they're passing away at like a, a couple of thousand a day well they're all in they're all in their in the 90s. 90s yeah and they're saying that the next time that the president would be involved in a big uh you know celebration would be like the 80th anniversary and right. I, they're thinking maybe not very many of them left at all i'm not laughing because it's funny i'm laughing because it's kind of sad but 
I mean, my father was a World War II vet, and I know I'll probably have a lot of them listening. And uh, maybe they didn't want to hear that, but, you know, life goes on. And Bud lived a wonderful life till he was 90. He was going to be 93. So uh, Greg is going to call in. Greg's not here today. He went down to do a show in Daytona Beach uh, with Buzz McKim. Buzz McKim has a radio show and I guess a television show as well that he has on Fridays from 12 to 2 at the North Turn Restaurant. I think Greg talked a little bit about that last week, and he is going to call in at in our last segment after 11.40, and we're going to uh, just touch bases with Greg. He should be like someplace in North Florida or maybe even Georgia by then. I'm not sure what time he was leaving, but uh, he's got some. He's got him a chauffeur driving that big yellow Mustang coming up I uh 95, I guess, right now. So we'll hope Greg has a safe trip and talk to him in a, about an hour and a half. Well, I know that some of you might have watched the truck race last night, but we don't usually start out with truck racing. But, uh, Alan, that was a heck of a heck of a race. Yes, it was. And people was having a little bit of trouble getting off second turn over there, especially, I think, after those, uh, what was it, Indy cars qualified? Yep. And they qualify on Firestone tires and... After they qualify, these trucks get out there, and they own Goodyear tires, and somehow or another, that rubber just don't want to mix together for about 15, 20 laps so they get that Firestone rubber off of it. And you know, that's very interesting, and I didn't I didn't watch the beginning of the truck race, and that would have never popped into my mind, but, I mean, it is that's a true thing, that the, the two rubber companies, like uh, you put down a layer of Firestone and put Goodyear on top of it, and it, it, they it don't just, mix. It just don't mix, and them trucks was having a problem last night, plus two the in them truck series they've been used to putting that track compound that pj1 or something like it on it for mm-hmm. traction we'll see with the indy cars there they wouldn't let them put it down on the racetrack so them people in them trucks they was having a little hard time getting off second turn but it it still made a good race well it made a good race and i guess the reason that it made such a good race other than it was fairly close um is that the winner was a pretty big surprise. I don't know if that's what you're looking up, Ronnie, but uh, we do know uh, Greg Biffle won the race. And if you haven't heard that name in a while, that's because it hasn't been out there in a while. And taking their word for it, they said that Greg hasn't been in a truck race in 15 years since 2004, and he hadn't won one since 2001, which was 18 years. And I guess he got a call from Kyle Busch this week or, or – uh, probably before that to drive the truck for this race because of his experience and everything and by golly he won the thing from the sixth position yes he did he uh kind of stayed out right there at the end got out front led for about them last 12 15 laps and he was he was a good looking truck getting through the first and second turn now rest of them boys is having just a little bit of a problem but now he could pull them about six car links down that back straight away and held his own there was one time there with about five or six laps to go uh, when Matt Crafton, who finished second, got up to his back bumper, got up close, and um, I don't know how hard he would have tried to move Biffle out of the way. I don't personally think that would have been very popular, but um, he uh, he couldn't stay there. He dropped on back, and he never got anything like that close again. And so Greg Biffle won it. Ronnie, you got something over there, or are you still looking? Well, I'm still looking at I didn't realize he started his first race in 96. Okay. Well, you know, he won right up, right. He won the July 4th at Daytona pretty quick uh, as a rookie. And so I'm not sure what year his rookie year was in NASCAR. 
Well, according to Wikipedia, Wikipedia, he had 20 wins over his career with 149 top 10 finishes. Though that's pretty solid. Well, he was a solid driver. As my memory, they, they said he hadn't raced it all in three years. I'm not sure what that level, what level he was at at that point, but I know that uh, if my memory serves me correctly, and it often fails me, but I think uh, seems like his last couple of years with Roush. He didn't visit Victory Lane too much. I remember he was doing a lot of pretty humorous subway commercials, and uh, with that number sixteen Roush Ford. But we'll we'll I'll find out a little bit more as the show goes on exactly uh, when the last time he did win a race. But it was refreshing to see him. It was a cool Victory Lane. He's not a white white haired old man with a beard or anything. He looks about like he did. Only he was real happy, and he got a bonus. He got a, yes sir. Got a fifty thousand dollar bonus there, and he. Uh... If he goes next week, uh, which he said he didn't have a ride at the time, to next week, it'll jump up to a hundred thousand dollars. Well, I got a feeling. Uh, well, well, now see if I've got this correct. It, th- there's a fifty thousand dollar bonus next week, no matter what. If yep. he wins it, he he'll have a hundred thousand dollars in two weeks. Yep. And then if he goes on to the next one, it gets up to like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Well, I believe Kyle Busch ought to let him uh, run next week. I'm not or. The, do you know where they are? I'm not sure where the trucks are racing next, and I don't even know if it's next week or not, but it's, I think it may be Gateway. I think it is Gateway. Yeah, which is that mile and a quarter track outside of St. Louis on the on the Illinois side. And um, so that was real refreshing to see Greg Biffle win that. He, I always liked him pretty much. Uh, I don't remember that he left Roush and went anywhere. I think he just left cold turkey. That's it. He uh, didn't even declare his retirement, nothing like that, which, you know, most of your drivers don't. Well, maybe he hadn't retired. Well, <laughs> he took, he's uh, taking a break. He's still looking for a ride. <laughs> well, I think he'll have one next week. You know, uh, uh, Greg Biffle was one of the top drivers, and, you know, he, he didn't announce his retirement. So, I, you know, I, I, I thought it was funny in Victory Lane when he said, they handed him that briefcase and opened it up with the $50,000. It looked like real money, too. And, um, I mean, I work in a bank, and I see a little of it, but I don't have any of it. But he uh, he said, well, you know, I haven't worked in three years, so I'm sure $50,000 wouldn't last him very long in whatever lifestyle he became accustomed to. But it was funny, and he's a good guy, and I was glad to see it. So um, good for Greg Biffle. Hope yeah. he gets a ride for, uh, I think it is, Gateway. And Ronnie, uh, I mean, well, what, in 2005, he actually, he won six races. Okay. So he was doing, he was yeah top of his game 14 years ago. Anyway, uh, let me, let me just get the trucks out of the way here. Second was Matt Crafton. As I said, how about this guy that finished third Tyler Ankrum? Now, did they, I understand it correctly. He graduated from high school earlier that day, earlier that day and went on to race that truck at night. <laughs> and I guess that's pretty cool. You know, I wonder if he made the prom. Well, I guess they already had the prom, but yeah. uh, you know, the uh, that's that's wild. And he he was a very uh, he, he didn't look nervous. I mean, not that he would, but you know, he was sort of being thrown into everything all at once and to finish third in a big nationally televised race a few hours after you graduate from high school. You know, he was a good looking kid and uh, good for him. That's right, Ankrum, Ankrum, Tyler Ankrum. Be hearing more about him. Grant Enfinger was fourth. Harrison Burton, Jeff Burton's son, was fifth. Sheldon Creed, last year's ARCA champion, was sixth. Brendan Poole was seventh. Austin Hill, who was actually leading the race for a while, um, 
finished eighth. Ninth was Corey Roper, and tenth was Ross Chastain. The points in the trucks shuffle out with, uh, in fact, I've got it right here, where that next race is. I forgot I'd printed it. Uh, Grant Enfinger is leading the points by 37 over Stuart Friesen. Matt Crafton is third, Brett Moffitt fourth, and Ben Rhodes fifth. The next race, I knew I printed it out here, is the Iowa 200, and it is next week on FS1 at 7 o'clock on the 15th, which, what's the 15th? Will that be Saturday or, or Friday? That's probably, uh see, today is the 8th, so that'll be next Saturday. That'll be next Saturday evening at 7 o'clock on FS1 for the trucks, so. Good for good for those guys, a high schooler and an old-timer stealing the show out at Texas. And we'll get into a little bit more about it later on. But we've, uh, you know, I, I listen to the show after afterwards, you know, back during the course of the week. And I find some things that I say that's not exactly right. You know, I try to be as accurate as possible. but And I print a ton of notes and I still screw up. But I did say that uh, I was pretty sure that, since the trucks were there at Texas on Friday night, that this was probably a NASCAR triple header. Wrong. This is a, a tandem show with the Indy cars, which run tonight. They're probably qualifying. Well, they are qualifying today. And uh, I know the fastest speed so far was uh, 222 miles an hour. And I've got all that. I don't have those notes in front of me, but it's, that was my mistake. It's not a, companion race with nascar's companion race with indycar and they're running tonight and another dumb thing i said was and none of y'all caught me but that's okay i'm the host i kept saying that uh pocono was the 500 and it's a 400 they reduced that several years ago so i you know sorry well when we get old we tend to regress well i i missed that one and, and <laughs> they, they did that a couple of years ago i also reset my dvr wrong because it will record two shows at once. So I had the IndyCar and the cup race supposedly recording, but I didn't get the cup race when I got the IndyCar race. So I didn't see it. I read about it. You didn't miss nothing. Well, I, you know, I'm not a big Kyle Busch fan, and usually when he wins it, it's a snooze fest. So uh, I didn't didn't get it. Clint Boyer said, wherever you come off the first turn, which they call that first turn, they don't call a second turn until you get over to the tall turn, but... Clint Borger said that wherever you come off the first turn was where you was going to pretty much finish at. So it was just kind of like a bonsai getting down into the first turn. And it usually is. That, yeah. It is exciting to watch him go into the first turn in anything at Pocono. Um, well, Alan, while we got a couple of minutes here before the next break, how did you do last week up at Harris? Um, that monkey's on our back. We're sitting out there leading this race up at Harris by about eight car lengths, and all of a sudden my driver just pulls. Well, he pulls up high, and uh, we broke a rear end, and that's, uh, that's it's one of those things. That's one of those things. Uh, weak leak, and we, you know, us on dirt track, we don't have, you know, the technology and stuff like that to check, you know, for broken parts, cracked parts, and stuff like that, but uh, one of these days, we're going to get that monkey back off our back. I know you will. Uh, now, it's there anything about Harris that would make it more stressful to a rear end than where you usually run at Cherokee? Yes, there is. Okay. Harris See, I'm is, catching on to this a little yeah. bit. Harris is more like, uh, kind of like you. Uh, 
Harris is more like Martinsville, whereas Gaffney is more like Dover. All right. Well, that's a big difference there. Yeah, that's I mean, a huge difference. You, big can, difference. You, you can keep your speed up over here at Cherokee Speedway going through the corners, whereas at Harris, you got to run off in there, kind of jamming brakes on, de-accelerate de that motor, plus it puts everything in a the bind, then just jump right back in that gas wide open and let her pull. Well, so you put tremendous amounts of stress on what you described as the weak link in your rear end. That's exactly right. And uh, I, hopefully I'll get that problem cured this week. I know you will. And Mr. Wilson had nothing to do with this, right? No, Mr. Wilson, he kind of <laughs> stood back over there and kind of watched. He said, uh, which, you know, when you go to Gaffney and you go to Harris, it's two different racetracks. And we have to have different gear ratios to go to these two different racetracks. And I'll get into this a little bit later on in the show whenever we get over in our dirt track section. But Well, let me ask you one thing before we get off that. You talked about not having a quick change rear end that you're not allowed to. How long does it take you to change that rear end? Uh, it takes me probably about a good 30, 45 minutes. you got to drop the dry shaft out. you got to take your bolts out. you got to pull the axles out. But on a quick change rear end, all you do is take the rear cover off, which is six bolts, and you just change two round gears back there. Yeah. And, I mean, then you go on about your way, and don't get me wrong, like I said, I'll get onto this a little bit deeper on in when we'll go over in our dirt section. And I'll I'll explain about Mr. Wilson. I'm not throwing off on him. That was something that was said <laughs> last week. But we're going to go to our first break right now and uh, come back and do our tribute to Bud Moore and hear his exploits there on a landing at Normandy on D-Day on June 6, 1944. You're listening to Start Your Engines. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, plant day. Seventy years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, plant day. Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a plant day? All it. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Fox Sports 1400 now has an app. Like mozzarella sticks? No, it's an app for your phone. My phone is hungry? Okay, so for the rest of you. Download the Fox Sports 1400 app today with our elite audio text line. Just search Fox Sports 1400 in Google Play or the App Store. Download our app today by searching Fox Sports 1400. Delicious food at great prices. That's what you'll find at J&G Restaurant, located at 462 West Henry Street in Spartanburg. Be sure to try out the ever-popular Pig 4, where you can choose four breakfast items that include gravy biscuits, pancakes, home fries, and much more for only $7.25. They also serve a variety of breakfast sandwiches, including the pork 
chop and gravy biscuit. For lunch, try out their salmon and grits combo. J&G also serves mouth-watering burgers and hot dogs. That's J&G Restaurant, open Wednesday through Sunday. Call them at 864-308-1730. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. At Greer Nissan, our goal is customer satisfaction and amazing savings. And right now, Greer Nissan has an SUV for everyone during the Nissan Summer of SUVs event. Save in Greer and get up to $10,000 off MSRP on a brand new 2019 Nissan Armada. Or for 36 months lease, a brand new 2019 Greer Nissan Rogue with keyless entry for a low $189 a month. Lease a brand new 2019 Nissan Murano with dual zone automatic temperature control for only $269 a month for 36 months during the Nissan Summer of SUVs event. Going on now at Greer Nissan, where you'll find low prices, big selection, and a commitment to quality customer service. Visit Greer Nissan today or online at greernissan.com. VIN number K935020 on MSRP 66190. VIN number KC715691. Selling price 26117. 189 security deposit. VIN number KN106259. Selling price 31792. 269 security deposit. Places with 3995 due at All prices plus tax, title, taxes. Offers include 399 closing fee with approved credit. F45 Training, the world's fastest growing fitness network, has now made its way to Roba. This new fitness studio brings a new style of training to the area and is open to all fitness levels. F45 Training is a global fitness training community specializing in group workouts which are fast, fun, and proven to get rapid results. F45 offers members an unlimited array of training programs designed to unify the muscle groups and make you look, move, and perform better in all aspects of your life. Find them on Facebook or Instagram and sign up for your free week now. F45 Functional Fitness Training, located at 4795 South Church Street in Roba, or call at 864-810-4528. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironspur Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironspur Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your haircut like you like it and in a fun, man-cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironspur Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors, mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. Hi, this is your host, Perry Allen Wood. For the latest in auto racing, join us for Start Your Engines, Saturday mornings at 10, here on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. And welcome back to Start Your Engines, and uh, we're going to go straight now to the Interview I did with Bud Moore back in 2015, and he's going to talk about his... This is sitting at his kitchen table. Sitting at his kitchen table. Actually, his kitchen counter, but... Close enough. Close enough. And here it comes. This is whenever they're talking about we're going to make a dry run on, on the beach in England and all this kind of stuff. So they had the guys waterproof all the jeeps and the trucks and do all this stuff, you know. And then they loaded us up and took us back down to Liverpool. And they put us all on, put put our whole platoon on this LCI 149. I never will forget the number. So, how many people was on that? 
Well, how much? I don't know exactly, but I know our whole platoon was, first platoon was. So it hold a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> we, uh, we set there the rest of the day, and then it moved, next morning it moved away from the dock and just moved out a little bit, and uh, this was about June the 1st, I think it was, maybe June the 2nd when they loaded. So the, the, that morning of June the 2nd, I think it was, no, June the let me get my day straight here. We got on that ship on June the, June the 3rd. That's when it was. And we set our rest that night. So the next morning we moved out into the English Channel. And they kept pulled us out there and got out there, you know. And they, we went out there so far. And we got out there and it, when they was moving, walked out there and all you see was ships. They were thousands of them. <laughs> I said, boys, y'all need to come up here and look. <laughs> what do you mean? I said, this ain't no damn dry run, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Something else is going on here. <laughs> so the evening of June the 4th, about, I guess, 3 or 4 o'clock that afternoon, the PT boat pulled up beside our ship. And they, two, three officers got off to come aboard. And they had this map. And they hooked this map up there and pulled it down. Started talking to us about it. They said, boys, now here's where we're going to land. Here's what we're going to do and all this stuff. And I said, boys, this ain't no die run. That's goddamn English coast. I mean, Francis coast. They were showing us exactly where we were going in. Well, we didn't know all this, but what they did, they took our regiment out of the 359th Infantry Regiment and attached us to the 4th Infantry Division to make the salt on Utah Beach. Well, our regiment and the two regiments out of the 4th Infantry Division made the salt and the other regiment, 4th was in reserve. So they said this is all going to happen in the morning. So anyway, this was June the evening of June the 4th. So it was called off account of the weather. The weather was bad. And it's raining, it's cloudy and all this stuff. So anyway, they called it off. So again on uh, the evening of June the 5th, I guess it was about 7 or 8 o'clock, here comes that PT boat again, pulled up side right. And they come on board again and said, boys, Five o'clock in the morning. If you remember seeing maybe the patent in the movies and all, it, it, it never was noticed that they got the notice to about eight or nine o'clock that night. Mm -hmm. <coughs> anyway, we so we got our notice that it, it was about I seven or eight o'clock part of I don't know I don't know for sure. So the next morning. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning and these damn landing craft pulled up. We climbed aboard them. And we went out through the ships and we got out there and we could see the shoreline, the lights and all the shoreline. We were between the battle wagons and the shore. And it was still dark. Still dark. And we, we were just circling out there. And we were probably 30 minutes ahead of landing. And we were probably three-quarters of a mile maybe a mile field at sea <clears throat> when all hell broke loose. 
that's when all them big battle wagons and all them big 16 inches on them things started firing and lighting up the shoreline, man. They blasted the hell out of the shoreline and all this stuff. And y'all were between it, we between were, the battleships? We were between the battleships and them. And uh, so, because they wanted us to see the minute they quit firing for us to hit the beach. So anyway, all this was going on. And uh, that we, we talked to one another and uh, I said, boys, this is going to be a piece of cake. There ain't nobody be alive over there. And from what we were seeing, by it being still partially dark and the way all the explosions going on. So anyway, just we just they we they knew that the, when the, we were to move on in. And after about 15 minutes, I'd say, or 20 minutes of firing, all them guns firing, then we started moving towards the shore. And which them big shells going right over our heads when we was going in. And all of a sudden they stopped and we were probably oh, a quarter mile so we went in. And what happened when we got there and going in in our landing craft, the landing craft supposed to go in and let the front end down where it wouldn't be in water but about two foot deep. The Germans started shooting artillery into them. They wasn't putting any artillery on the beach. It was all landing out in the ocean to stop the boats from coming in. There's hitting sometimes. There's, the, there's some boats that got hit. The whole load to get to get a whole boat up. Anyway, when that boy landed ours, we went down. And we went off and we was in water up over our shoulder. And then I'm gonna tell you, ain't no telling. They said there was quite a few. They said I heard after the war and everything else that we lost probably 30 or 40 got drowned. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. <clears throat> but anyway, I got off and stepped in the shell hole. With that tripod on my shoulder and my backpack and all. And I had a hard time getting out of that shell hole and water over my head. I was taking in water and doing all this. And finally, I got out of it. And I just kept going straight as I could go to get to the beach and I was spitting up water and doing this you know trying you still to had your tripod oh yeah I still had it I didn't let it go I kept it anyway I got over on finally got across the beach sat down behind the sand dune, and finally coughed up enough water and got to where I started breathing a little bit <clears throat> and about this time I heard someone say more oh, let's go let's get going here I said god damn I'm trying <laughs> but what got me, you know, was all the stuff that's going on and guys getting hurt and all this stuff, you know, and here I am. I just, you know, just turned 19 years old and uh, born raised. and I, I was brought up a little bit different to you and start killing one another and all this stuff. And guys getting shot and hurt and blowed up and everything else. I said, this ain't no place for me. I shouldn't be in here. But then you had to realize it was war. So we got in, we fought on in the rest of the day. So while y'all were coming across the beach, there, there was, I mean, the, the bombs were blowing up and I mean, they were, they, they were, they they, were they, artillery. fighting back pretty hard. The, we didn't have much small arm fire. No. Okay. 
they was there was mostly artillery coming in. Okay. And it was landing out in the water. Okay. There wasn't anything landing on the beach. All right. And it, the, no, none of the, you see the pillboxes and things. That no, I didn't have. We didn't okay. have pillboxes. Okay. I went in on Utah Beach. Right. We didn't have pillboxes. Omaha's one had pillboxes, okay. and that's what was wrong to start with. Whoever planned that thing didn't have no business doing what they did. You see, here's Omaha. Here's Utah. We were probably two miles a bit above them. Mm -hmm. All they do is move us up and we never went in there. Mm -hmm. They went in the hardest place. The 29th Infantry Division went in on Omaha and they say that uh, they wasn't over 40 or 50 walked away. Mm -hmm. They wiped the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they uh, we went on the rest of the day and uh, we got in, I'm going to say we got in that night probably a quarter mile, maybe half a mile, I don't know. But you had some cover, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there was like trees and things. Oh yeah, cover. we had trees and yeah. all this stuff going in and, and uh, we got into the hedgerows. You know what the hedgerows were? Yes, yeah, sir, I do. But anyway, <clears throat> we got in that night, you know, it didn't get dark over at 11 o'clock. Mm. And it's just getting dust dark, and we had dug in our foxhole and dug in, you know, for the night in, in a defensive position. Had the machine gun set up and everything, the foxhole, and me and second gunner was in this foxhole. Anyway, we heard the dead blasters rumbling. You heard? It, we heard all these airplanes coming. I said, boys, we in deep trouble now. Them Germans gonna blow our butt, slam off this damn beat. So. We were just scared to death, I'll be frank with you. And about that time, we'd seen the moon was shining. We could see a little bit. Here they come over, and it was airplanes coming. That's when they dropped the 82nd and 101st Airborne right in front of us. We seen them coming down. They were probably three or four miles ahead of us. So they were coming in from the ocean? They were coming from in from the ocean. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> And uh, they dropped the paratroopers in front of us. And all these guns firing up and all these uh, flares and everything else going on, you know, and ain't, ain't no telling how many of them paratroopers were dead before they all got to the ground. Mm -hmm. But anyway, <clears throat> so that made us feel a little better. <laughs> but so the next day, we had very little resistance the next day. And we drove in to where the paratroopers were. We run at the paratroopers, and uh, which uh, the Germans couldn't stand the paratroopers being in, behind them and us pushing them in front. Mm -hmm. So they went this way. So what really had us worried and all this stuff, you know, Omaha was still blocked, and finally they they said something about it, says well. They don't know yet, Eisenhower may call us back because Omaha wasn't going in, so we didn't know what was happening there. But finally, they did get something of the broke loose over there on Omaha, and they got off the beach and got going on that side. We got things going. So anyway, <clears throat> now let me ask you a question right here, and I don't want to ruin your train of thought, but I just, <clears throat> if I don't say these things, I'll forget them. Oh, no. uh, all the way through your training, like from Mississippi to to New Jersey to to work to the beach, was there? Were you with the same bunch of guys? I mean, did you have friends? 
that, that you know, like, uh, did you have like a best friend or, or, well, or we people had, that, that we you had were... Our, we had our... Y'all been together a long time now. Well, see, we'd, we'd been saved from the time we hit New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And we joined the 9th Infantry Division, joined the 1st Platoon out of 359th Infantry Regiment. Mm-hmm. We were... We were all friends then, right? Because see, we took training and all together right. and all this stuff. So we're the, all the ones still hit the beach together, right? And we all, you know, uh, all our gunners and first gunners, second gunners, and second platoon, first platoon, and all this kind of stuff. See, we're all was, was one unit, right? See what happened on our deal. See the first platoon, if. A company or B, whichever one, the rifle, you had A, B, and C company. That's mm-hmm. three rifle companies in a battalion. Well, if these two companies are on the front line, then first platoon would be with this one and second platoon would be with this one. With water. So we joined them on the front line. Because, mm-hmm. see, we had water cooled machine guns. Right. Then our 81 millimeter mortars, they sit back here behind us and they, they help. Uh, uh, Mortar fire and all, whatever needed, mm-hmm. back here to, for these two companies, whichever, whatever they were. And see, our third platoon had observers and all. Mortar the guys were observing up there when they needed mortar fire, and then they call back and he directed. Okay, but I mean, but you had like pals. You had you had friends. Oh yeah, okay. we had friends and all okay. this. Well, that, that, that's that's what I wanted. I mean, it wasn't like you were with a bunch of strangers. No, these, no, these were like we your were, brothers. No, no, we were we were all we were all been together from the time we got to Fort Dix, New Jersey. Okay. That no, was my question. But anyway. All right, so go ahead. I didn't mean to, I just wanted to. But uh, after, you know, going in and meeting the paratroopers and fighting through the Zigbee line, not the Zigbee line, but fighting through the hedgerows mm-hmm. and all this, and what was so bad, you know, was see where the gliders came in, you know, and the Germans was, and had the French laborers set these big piece half of a trees up in all this open field. And these gliders thought they were open. They'd come in and fly all the pieces. I mean, it's, a lot of guys got hurt bad. I mean, they ain't telling how many got killed on that deal coming mm-hmm. in. But anyway, <clears throat> you know, seeing all this kind of stuff, you know, was bad. Did you see the gliders coming over? Oh yeah, uh, th- that was they came over when the paratroopers yeah. came over. Oh okay. yeah, they all landed at the same. Time. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But anyway, as we fought on through then and went on through the Zigbee line and then uh, I mean the the hedgerows and all this time. So finally, we was in this little town called Pierre, France. We had taken it, and there's a crossroad and. Uh, Pierre's here in St. Louis up here, 10 miles away. And I had a machine gun set up in a second floor of a hotel, right guarding this, this crossroad right there. And uh, word came down, says, uh, there's gonna be a lot of aircraft just showing up today and gonna be a lot of bombing going. And that's Bud Moore's recollections from D-Day. And as long as I'm doing this show, Ronnie and Alan, we're gonna play that on closest we can to the anniversary oh absolutely it, it deserves to be played it deserves to be remembered well i tell you what hall of fame member five times decorated with the purple heart and uh landed at utah beach omaha gets a lot of more publicity i guess but <laughs> all no, of it was bad it, all of it was bad i'm telling you what so uh thanks bud 
we love you and we'll never forget you and you'll always be a part of this show but we're going to take a break right now and come back and talk to nelson crozier see what's going on up in michigan you're listening to start your engines on fox sports spartanburg Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Lined in the gap, the right center to the track. He's to the wall. Another grand slam home run. Catch the Gamecocks in action on the diamond all season long. Did he catch that ball? He did. Swing and a miss. He got it. Swung on, line drive, base hit at the wall. He looks up. It's gone. And you can put Spurs on this one. Right here on your home for South Carolina baseball. Spartanburg's home of the Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. At Greer Nissan, our goal is customer satisfaction and amazing savings. And right now, Greer Nissan has an SUV for everyone during the Nissan Summer of SUVs event. Save in Greer and get up to $10,000 off MSRP on a brand new 2019 Nissan Armada. Or for 36 months lease, a brand new 2019 Greer Nissan Rogue with keyless entry for a low $189 a month. Lease a brand new 2019 Nissan Murano with dual zone automatic temperature control for only $269 a month for 36 months during the Nissan Summer of SUVs event. Going on now at Greer Nissan, where you'll find low prices, big selection, and a commitment to quality customer service. Visit Greer Nissan today or online at greernissan.com. VIN number K935020 MSRP 66190. VIN number KC715691. Selling price 26117. 189 security deposit. VIN number KN106259. Selling price 31792. 269 security deposit. Places with 3995 due at site. All prices plus tax title taxes. Offers include 399 closing fee with approved credit. Summertime is almost here, and that means it's time to get those swimming pools ready for summertime fun. Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney has everything you need to get your pool ready to go. Phillips and Long sells pool chemicals and parts, and they're an Aquabrite chemical supplier. They also sell Aquabot automatic vacuums. Phillips and Long also offers professional pool service. If you are too busy to clean and maintain your pool, they can do it for you. Get your pool summer ready. Call Phillips and Long today at 461-8511, like them on Facebook, or stop by and see them at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Man, this South Carolina heat is no joke. I don't know how you guys deal with this. Pelican Snowball. What is that? Pelican Snowballs has great snowballs and over 100 flavors that are great summertime treat for the whole family, dude. Try one of their signature snowballs like Shark Attack, Rainbow, or my personal favorite, Pretty Princess. Really? That sounds great. Yeah, man, it's got cotton candy flavor in it. The best part is there's a Pelican Snowball location all over our listening area, so there's a Pelican Pelicans near you. Pelican Snowballs bringing you a cup of happiness every time with melt-in-your-mouth snow and a fun, relaxed atmosphere where you will always receive service with a smile. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. 
Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. At Greer Nissan, our goal is customer satisfaction and amazing savings. And right now, Greer Nissan has an SUV for everyone during the Nissan Summer of SUVs event. Save in Greer and get up to $10,000 off MSRP on a brand new 2019 Nissan Armada. Or for 36 months lease, a brand new 2019 Greer Nissan Rogue with keyless entry for a low $189 a month. Lease a brand new 2019 Nissan Murano with dual zone automatic temperature control for only $269 a month for 36 months during the Nissan Summer of SUVs event. Going on now at Greer Nissan, where you'll find low prices, big selection, and a commitment to quality customer service. Visit Greer Nissan today or online at GreerNissan.com. VIN number K935-0209, MSRP 66190. VIN number KC715-691, selling price 26117, 189 security deposit. VIN number KN106259, selling price 31792, 269 security deposit. Places with 3995 due at site. All prices plus tax, title, taxes. Offers include 399 closing fee with approved credit. F45 Training, the world's fastest-growing fitness network, has now made its way to Roba. This new fitness studio brings a new style of training to the area and is open to all fitness levels. F45 Training is a global fitness training community specializing in group workouts which are fast, fun, and proven to get rapid results. F45 offers members an unlimited array of training programs designed to unify the muscle groups and make you look, move, and perform better in all aspects of your life. Find them on Facebook or Instagram and sign up for your free week now. F45 Functional Fitness Training, located at 4795 South Church Street in Roba, or call at 864-810-4528. The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400, now on FM at Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. Well, the exciting world of live radio had Nelson on the line and something happened. So Perry's in the middle of trying to call him back. And, you know, last week we didn't have anybody pick a winner, did we, we Alan? No, nobody picked that uh, 18 car, and he looked like he was strolling up there at Pocono. And I don't know why, but everybody says, well, it's... Anytime we go to sleep on him, he wins. Oh, yeah. I, I never do count him out. No. Because he, he really... Well, there's, there's three or four that, that you can expect any time that they can win the race today. Yeah. And, uh, Ronnie? Yeah. I'm not getting a dial tone. Punch the top button. But uh, from yesterday during practice, uh, we saw a whole lot of the Stuart Haas cars that were kind of going around Michigan pretty fast. Then it seems like we may not be able to talk to Nelson if we can't get a dial tone on our our telephone. I mean, we had him. Yeah. Something must have happened. I don't know what it could have been because I did accidentally hit 
a button and a race car went by during that last commercial, but uh, I, I don't I don't know. It's no dial tone, and I don't know anything I can do here to get one. Do you? No. <laughs> okay. Call the phone company? Yeah, I guess we will. Uh, uh, might need to check this. Somebody paid the phone bill. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that happen. We cut into a good bit of Nelson's time there doing the Bud Moore thing, which was uh, – I'm sure he understands that. In fact, I, when I had him on the line the first time, I, I – he was he was ready to go so well we got a couple of minutes here and i'll see if i can do something here to get him on the phone can you uh give us some of the local yep. stuff there alan you just start uh, your 20 minutes a little early okay uh last week down here at lancaster speedway we had the world of outlaws come in down there at lancaster speedway that's a long half mile racetrack and uh first place went to brandon shepherd who uh won about all four races down at volusia during speed weeks at daytona He's running a house car for, I think it's Rocket Chassis. And, uh, but now, second, third, fourth, and fifth uh, local boys. One second place is Ross Bales, who drives the Barry Wright house car. Third place went to Michael Brown. Fourth place went to Johnny Persley. Fifth place went to Zach Mitchell, who Zach Mitchell drives that Clary Hood car. It's located over here off Interstate 85. Uh, everybody knows Clary Hood, who's been in racing for a a long time and zach's up and coming driver here in this uh, world of outlaws and uh we're gonna get some of the local boys down there at lancaster let's get down here to renegade first place went to andrew breaker second place went to travis mosley travis moves around a lot i see him driving up here at carolina speedway he's come to gaffney two or three times so uh like throw a shout out to old travis there he likes to move around a lot we go to the Crate Sportsman Division. First place went to Bubba Sutton. Second place went to Bill Knight. Thunder Bomber Division. First place went to Benji Knight. Second place went to Rusty Whiting. Extreme Four went to first place, went to Dan Benson. And second place went to Brad McManus. These World of Outlaws, all these boys, plus your uh, Lucas Oil Series, they're going to be moving around this week. Uh, most of them's going to be up there at Eldora Speedway. Eldora, everybody knows about Eldora up there. Tony Stewart's big racetrack, top-notch facility up there. They are having their heat races and stuff last week to get ready for their big main event. Up there last night, I think uh, first place went to Shane Clanton in 1B Main. Uh, second place went to Chris Ferguson, and third place went to Ross Bales. Second and third place there are local drivers, too. So local drivers are putting on a show up there at Eldora. Then we're going to move over to another, what you call another A-Main. First place went to Jonathan Davenport. Second place went to Kent Robinson. Hey, we're having phone trouble. Seventh place place went to Chris Madden. Eighth place went to Brandon Shepard. Ninth place went to Scott Bloomquist. Scott Bloomquist, everybody knows that he kind of, Broke his leg down there at Bike Week at Daytona. So it's good to see that Scott Bloomquist is making a comeback here. Uh, well, it was good to see Scott come back. Yeah, Scott. Now, he said he was outside before the race. He was signing autographs and whatnot. Yeah, most of these drivers, they have what they call a, a, their own traveling, you know, T-shirts and stuff like that. So next thing you know, he's out there uh, – He's, he's having his own autograph session and stuff like that. And uh, he, uh, 
He was out there signing autographs for about two hours. Well, we're in the middle. Of, we also found out that our internet feed has gone out, and we're going to try to get things working again. We don't even have the internet. No, yes, yeah, that's, that's what I just learned from Nelson. Yeah. So we're we're talking about now. What's what's the internet? <laughs> it's this thing that usually that, put us that on the interweb, air. That interweb thing that goes all around the world. Oh, okay. Right. But let's look back to the dirt track. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But uh, 24th. Nothing up there, right? 24th okay. went to uh, Trent Ivy. So they all qualified into the A main tonight up there at Eldora. Uh, most of the time, this is on pay-per-view. Oh, okay. So, uh, like I said, that's... Uh, I love watching the races at Eldora. Oh, yeah. you know, Tony Stewart's got a nice track there. He's got a nice track, and, you know, and he'll move the NASCAR truck series in there. Yeah. And everybody, it turns out to be a crowd up there. Oh, I, I would love to see a cup race there. Well, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> we have been proponents of that on this show for years and years and years. And we've talked to the big people, and they always kind of just pat us on the head and say, yeah, you keep hoping. Well, you know, there for a while, there's taking a lot of these, uh, like Casey Kane, all these boys, Clint Boyer, all these boys. Is, most of these boys got dirt experience and stuff, and a lot of these boys got a super late model dirt car. Yeah. And they would show up up there, and they would put on a show up there in the dirt late models. I think it would be great. I think it'd be great for NASCAR. Yeah. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong, you kind of have a whole lot of dust and you have a whole lot of dirt and i don't know if nascar likes all that but well you seem to thrive in it oh i love it i always said dirt's for racing asphalt's for getting there (laughs) 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 but uh like i say i'd like to get a shout out to all our local boys that's up there at eldora this weekend hope they all do good be safe have a safe trip back home do you know how many of our local guys are going to be there Oh, they's just about all of them. Don't get me wrong. Uh, no, none of the super late malls ran here racing this weekend, but next weekend they're going to come back here to Cherokee Speedway. They're going to have a big Gracie Smith Memorial race here. They're going to pay $12,000 over here at Cherokee Speedway next week. So, wow. Yeah. $12,000 to win a super late model race on a one-day one deal, and then they will move on somewhere else. I imagine Cherokee. I know where you're going to be next week. Well, they've got us on the schedule over there, so I've got I've got to mess around and change my car back around and get ready to go to Gaffney. And then I noticed uh, my daughter, she sent me a text, and if we was going to get to race tonight, they actually put us back on the schedule for Harris Speedway, which they had us on Harris Speedway schedule last week because it was one of the showdown races, and we went up there because we did not race at Gaffney. Gaffney was kind of shut down for a weekend after their big memorial day deal and we went up to harris and uh like i said we kind of kind of was leading the race but just quite didn't make it to the end and uh but harris put us back on the schedule again so we was gonna we was gonna venture up there again and let's let's race up there again with harris speedway they was pretty well courteous to us last week said they're mm-hmm. glad to have us up there and uh we was kind of glad to go there well, it sounds like, except for the whole having your car break down part, it was a pretty good time. Oh, yeah. It was a good time. I, don't get me wrong. Where you have to park at your truck and stuff like that, you have to park it way back across. You can't park in the infield at Harris. You have to park on the outside of the racetrack. 
uh pretty long walk to get down there to the stands and stuff i just sit up there in the back of the trailer and i could see the front straightaway and i knew we was starting on the front row and he pulled off down the front straightaway and i'm just sitting there and you know ever so often i just look up and see my car as long as it come off the fourth turn i was good <laughs> all of a sudden i looked up and uh no 25t was coming off the fourth turn another car was leading i said oh yeah that's it <laughs> uh-oh well i tell you what we've uh we're about to get to the top of the hour the top of the hour and it's gonna i don't know if it's gonna heal up during the top of the hour but otherwise we're just gonna keep going like this we're not going out over the air the phone won't work otherwise everything's fine you so, mean over the internet over the internet well the, the air or the internet oh are we the air's working should be oh okay all right well they can hear us locally well anyway you're listening to start your engines we'll be right back we are fox sports. spartanburg's radio home for university of south carolina basketball is fox sports 1400 wstg spartanburg now on fm at 98.3 breaks for the memories is a great hot dog place for lunch why breaks for the memories because hot dogs for the memories just doesn't cut the mustard breaks for the memories has more than great hot dogs enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun Franks for the memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries onion rings and corn nuggets Franks for the memories 468 oak grove road next to westview elementary is open for lunch monday through saturday till 3 30 p.m Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. At Greer Nissan, our goal is customer satisfaction and amazing savings. And right now, Greer Nissan has an SUV for everyone during the Nissan Summer of SUVs event. Save in Greer and get up to $10,000 off MSRP on a brand new 2019 Nissan Armada. Or for 36 months lease, a brand new 2019 Greer Nissan Rogue with keyless entry for a low $189 a month. Lease a brand new 2019 Nissan Murano with dual zone automatic temperature control for only $269 a month for 36 months during the Nissan Summer of SUVs event. Going on now at Greer Nissan, where you'll find low prices, big selection, and a commitment to quality customer service. Visit Greer Nissan today or online at greernissan.com. VIN number K935020, MSRP 66190. VIN number KC715691, selling price 26117, 189 security deposit. VIN number KN106259, selling price 31792, 269 security deposit. Places with 3995 due at All prices plus tax, title, taxes. Offers include 399 closing fee with approved credit. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, 
It's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster and the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jamie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. F45 Training, the world's fastest-growing fitness network, has now made its way to Roba. This new fitness studio brings a new style of training to the area and is open to all fitness levels. F45 Training is a global fitness training community specializing in group workouts which are fast, fun, and proven to get rapid results. F45 offers members an unlimited array of training programs designed to unify the muscle groups and make you look, move, and perform better in all aspects of your life. Find them on Facebook or Instagram and sign up for your free week now. F45 Functional Fitness Training, located at 4795 South Church Street in Roba, or call at 864-810-4528. Live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your ringtone. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now... Here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. Okay, and welcome back to Start Your Engines. And we've just got so much going on here trying to figure out what happened to our stream and our phone and everything else. But, uh, Hopefully we're going over the air to uh, the Spartanburg County area, and uh, let's let Alan finish up yep. with uh, the local scene. Well, going on with the local stuff. Since we're going out here local over there, there'll be no racing tonight at Cherokee Speedway, uh, and we'll have no racing tonight at Harris Speedway. Both of those have called it off because of this rain that's moved in, and they've been calling for at least four to five inches of rain. So these boys have went ahead and called it off. They called off Cherokee Speedway yesterday. And I think maybe most of them boys over there, as far as uh, Scott Childers and Tony A there, knowing them, they probably headed up there to Eldora to watch this big Eldora show this weekend. And uh, hopefully everybody has a safe trip up there and safe trip back. And uh, we'll, like I said, we'll start uh, next Friday night at Cherokee Speedway and probably move on up to Harris next Saturday night. Okay. Sounds good. Uh I want to finish the, the the thing about Mr. Wilson last week when uh, Alan was giving us the rundown. He was telling us that uh, there was this Mr. Wilson that was sitting in his shop watching him work on the rear end and that he had gone to uh, Traveler's Rest, I believe it was, but he accidentally went a week early and we were sort of giving him a hard time about that. And uh, he, the, they told him, the truck, I guess the, the water truck driver told him that they weren't racing this week. It was going to be the next week. And, uh, so when I talked to Alan or we texted last weekend and I said, you know, how'd you do at Harris? And he said, uh, leading the race when the rear end went out. First thing I thought of was, uh, well, maybe Mr. Wilson was distracting Alan while he was working on the rear end. And that was the problem, but we know that not to be the case. No, we just, we just broke up. Uh, it's a steel cap. 
it holds the spool next to the ring and pinion. And uh, once it broke, it tried to shove that left rear axle out the left side, and it kind of broke the cap over there. And, but like I said, it just quit pulling down straight away, and Danny just kind of pulled it over to the side and said, well, there, you, there ain't much you can do once you start the main. And what kind of part was that? It's on uh, rear rear housing. It's on uh, what we call the center chunk. It's just a cap. It holds uh, two bearings in, and it's got a kind of like a screw cap on each side of it, and you kind of loosen one up tighten one in and it kind of holds your ring gear up against your pinion gear and you got to set that to get your lash in there and stuff to kind of make everything kind of coincide together but uh once that one cap broke it let that it let that cap gear get back outside the threads and once it done that it just kind of let the let the let pretty the, much all she wrote oh uh, that's about it all she wrote there was nothing you could do except uh let the four-wheeler push it back up into the trailer. Well, that was a, <laughs> that was a great answer, but what I actually was asking, well, who's the manufacturer of that part? Uh, Ford. Okay. And you know I run Chevrolet, and you got the prettiest little red Ford out sitting out here. But Rear end's pretty good in it. Well, that's, uh, but you ain't got horsepower. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. And there's not much stress on it going up 85. There's a lot of stress on the driver, but not on that. Uh, Let's get our picks in here. There's no reason we can't do that. Um, I'm going to, out of the goodness of my heart, give Nelson uh, Keselowski. You know? Okay. I mean, he, he might have picked him anyway, yeah. and he'll probably win the race, and I can't, you can't say I, I cheated him. So uh, um, I'm going to go with, I'll go with Chase again. Alan, who do you like? Uh, I think I'm going to take, uh, let's go with Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick. Uh, Ronnie? Well, let's see if he can make it two in a row since we didn't pick him and nobody's picked him in a few weeks. I'll I'll go with, with Rowdy again. Taking Kyle Bush and I'm gonna give Greg uh the Wood Brothers card. You know, Greg won two in a row when he was picking uh Kyle yeah. Bush and he quit doing it. <laughs> and uh he nobody's won since, but you know Well maybe I can maybe I can change that next week. Well I tell you, you know, as smart as we think we are and to not uh pick a winner when you could have Truex or or uh, Kyle Busch every week, and well, you, you said you aren't going to pick a Toyota just on principle, right? Well, that's true, and I used I've owned Toyotas and I've owned uh, Honda, but you know I'm, and of course my son owns a uh, Toyota, and he says, well, it's made in Texas or something, you know, I don't know, but <laughs> I, I just, you know, I'll just stick with the American Iron, you know, I mean, I know where the Ford came from, and uh, I'm pretty sure it was up, up in the northern United States. Well, you're talking about uh, American iron and stuff like that. Uh, I was replacing some bearings the other week and uh, sent my brother a picture of them up there to his shop up there at Action Motorsports. And he takes me back. He said, I see you got some fine china. And I got to look at them bearings a little bit further, and it said China, made in China. <laughs> and he told me, he said, throw them away. Go find you some Timpkins and stuff like that. Well, he said, not unless you want to replace them about every four or five races. I want to touch on a couple of things here. Um, history of Spartanburg County type stuff. As far as June goes, you know, we just touched on D Day, which was 75 years ago. Uh, that was June 6, 1944. Something else happened in Spartanburg County on June the 6th, and this was in 1903. 
and that was the great flood of uh, the Packlet River. And that started from a rainstorm and cloudburst up in the mountains that came rushing down the Packlet River and literally washed away uh, Clifton, Converse, and heavily, heavily damaged Packlet Mill at great loss of life. And actually, I went to the fish camp last night in Cowpens, and when you pass that little memorial they've got there on the Packlet River at, at a Converse, they've got that metal tower uh, there where, you know, they've got a plaques and everything that explains the whole thing. And that tower is at the height of the, the highest the water got. And I haven't stopped there and looked at it for a few years, but I think it's something like 26 feet. But to look at the top of that tower and think that that's how high the water got, it's, it's way up there above the, the level of the bridge. And um, it's amazing that the water could even ever get that high. But it washed everything away. And, and like I said, uh, it was national news. I know the Atlanta newspaper sent reporters up here to cover it. And there was just, I mean, it washed away train tracks, trains. The trolley car never went back to Clifton and Converse after that. They didn't rebuild it. That, to my knowledge, I think there was some lesser flooding, but bad flooding at places like Glendale. But it's a big moment in the history of Clifton and Converse, and that would have been uh, 116 years ago this past Thursday. Wow. Well, just the if you look at a topographical map of Spartanburg County, you don't think about it being any kind of a floodplain anywhere around. There are a few low-lying areas, but by and large, that's not something in Spartanburg County we ever have to worry about. And to hear about that is just absolutely amazing yeah and it is in all the history books you know of spartanburg county there's quite a few of them there's a lot of photographs and most of those mills have been torn down <coughs> excuse me have been torn down now anyway but it was it happened at night too mm-hmm. and you know it would be bad enough to see that coming in the daytime but you know, in 1903, when there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of communications, no radio, probably not very much telephone, you know, it was, uh, you know, they did it in the dark. And uh, when the sun came up, by then they could assess the damage. And there was, they say that there were cotton bales and things all the way down to uh, the Broad River, you know, that, that washed. And I think some people never were found. Wow. Well, I, I do know that, you know, I grew up in a little mill village and there were some houses that were prone to flooding from the middle Tiger river, but that was the exception by, like I said, by and large, Spartanburg County doesn't have to worry about big floods. Not like we see a lot of times on TV. And we see it every night on TV, tornadoes or floods. Now, we could get a tornado. We could even have a hurricane remnants come through here, but, uh, and have, but I'm think. I'm personally very thankful to live where I live, where we don't normally have huge fires destroy everybody's property and homes and and take their lives. And the flood, like the one 116 years ago, was just uh, you know that's that's obviously one of those once a century things. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that. And then the other, on a lighter note. On June the 4th, which would have been last Tuesday, was the 53rd anniversary of the last Grand National Race at the fairgrounds. That is sad. Which was, well, this was supposed to be a little happier than the flood. Well, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not tragic like that, but it's 
for people in Spartanburg that love racing, it was tragic. Tragic. Well, and I was there, and um, as a lot of our listeners, I'm sure were, and that was on um, the half mile track out there at the Piedmont Interstate Fairgrounds. They had a good field of cars show up. Twenty four showed up, but uh, in the only attempt he ever made to run at the fairgrounds. James Hilton lost it in practice and tore his car up, broke the A-frame, and didn't get to run. Uh, that would, and that would have been his only chance to run at the fairgrounds. He uh, was the rookie in 1966, so naturally he was looking forward to that, but he didn't do it. And Richard Petty had problems before the race. I, he, I read where he had an accident, but I just remembered that he just had car problems, uh, and he used to practically own the fairgrounds, he and his father over the years. So they didn't start. But the race was won by Elmo Langley, who won his first Grand National race. He ended up winning another one that year uh, in Manassas, Virginia. But Elmo won that race by four laps over my good friend and the guy we're going to have on the show here in a few weeks, uh, Neil Castles. Speaking of winning by four laps, Perry, when's the last time you heard of a race where the winner was more than a lap ahead? Well, not in NASCAR, not with the way they nascar meaning the well i was thinking the top division but probably any of the divisions the way they have the stages and keep them bunched up i mean you'd have to have a really probably uh some screw up with a caution flag and a, and the pit stops and all like that for somebody to that was trying to stretch his fuel mileage or something and uh didn't have to pit when the stage you know i don't know it'd have to take a screwy set of circumstances for somebody to win by a lap let alone three or four well you know bill elliott what was it made up three laps or something at talladega mm -hmm. he made up i think it was two but yeah I, with no and, cautions no cautions under green flag yeah and uh i was talking to bud one morning sitting at the breakfast table he said his driver sit there and he said he looked in the review mirror and he said he come by him he said bud said don't worry he's a lap down he said looked in the review mirror again he said well he's on the lead lap this time <laughs> <laughs> and he went on by and won the race that, that's a very famous uh, Bill Elliott story, and I think we we usually Greg or one of us brings that up when we have Ernie on every year. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah I told Bud, I said I'd call my driver on radio, so just park it. Act like you got a problem. Just park my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a that's a very famous, and I believe that was the race where uh, actually Elliott qualified at two twelve, which is still the track record down mm -hmm. there. Uh, you know, for a um, stock car race for yeah. Um, you know, a cup race. So, so if he wouldn't have got, if he wouldn't have got down two laps on the start of the race, he he could have. He he would have been two laps ahead of the field to start with because back in they didn't have that lucky dog. No, right. they didn't. No, they and they didn't have a pit road speed. And they didn't have soft walls and spotters. What else didn't they have? They didn't have uh, many empty seats. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I'm all for safety. Don't get me wrong on that. Anyway, it was Elmo Langley first. Neil Castles was second, driving Buck Baker's 65 Dodge, and that was an old Cotton Owens Dodge, and I remember it, and that was a good running car. Doug Cooper was third. Joel Davis was fourth. And J.D. McDuffie uh, notched his first top five of his career that night, finishing fifth. Blackie Watt was sixth. Henley Gray seventh. Tiny Lund's rear end went out with 25 laps to go while he was leading. And he finished eighth. Sonny Lamphere in the car owned by wrestling promoter Homer Odell 
I talked I about remember one, Homer. Well, I, I talked about how uh, he wanted uh, Jimmy Helms to walk a red carpet down to get in the car before the races, and Jimmy said, "Forget it." <laughs> um, was ninth, and Max Ledbetter, who I'll never forget, that's the slowest car I've ever seen in the Grand National race. He crept around the inside of the track for the whole. Um, well, he did 155 laps. The winner did 200, but Max came in tenth. <laughs> Others in the field that night, though, were Tom Pistone, who overheated, John Sears, J.T. Putney, Stick Elliott, um, was driving a car for Toy Bolton. You remember? Do you? Toy Bolton. Yep, I remember Toy. Okay. Uh, well, he was 15th. 16th was Pearson, who started on the pole and set the track record, and uh, but he had engine trouble. Roy Tyner was 17th. Wendell Scott came in 18th. He crashed. In fact, he uh, had a lot to do. With, I think he actually took out Pearson. Only Pearson made a few more laps. And uh, it says engine, but I, I don't think that's the case. Jimmy Helms and dead last that day. Nope, next to last it was Buddy Baker. So, I mean, you got a Hall of Famer there, a lot of them. And that was 53 years ago this past Tuesday, the last fairgrounds race for the cup cars. Um well, we're going to take our next break now and come back, and we're sort of having – I had another guest at the top of the hour, which was Tim Leeming, who actually had me on his show this past uh, Tuesday night. Tim's a broadcaster and has a a great uh, historical-type racing show down in Columbia every uh, – it might be every night, but I was on last Tuesday night. And Tim was scheduled to come on – at 11 o'clock, and uh, I did talk to him on the phone just now. That must have been who I was talking to when you said, who was I talking to? Tim, uh, I had to apologize, and we'll have Tim on another time. I'm telling you, Nelson was on hold, and the light was flashing, and we were wrapping up the Bud Moore thing, and it all went away. And um, Best laid plans. Didn't touch a button, so I don't know what happened. But anyway, we're going to take a break right now, and we're going to come back with uh, more Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirits apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirits, Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. This is the sound a McDonald's bag makes when you grab it. Now that just sounds like a paper bag, but to Nate, it sounds like... Because Nate hooked himself up like a champ and proved you can save on the delicious food you crave. Wake up to the freshly prepared McChicken biscuit or the sweet and savory taste of the new Chicken McGriddles. Just $1.59 each. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. 
Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Man, this South Carolina heat is no joke. I don't know how you guys deal with this. Pelican Snowball. What is that? Pelican Snowballs has great snowballs and over 100 flavors that are great summertime treat for the whole family, dude. Try one of their signature snowballs like Shark Attack, Rainbow, or my personal favorite, Pretty Princess. Really? That sounds great. Yeah, man, it's got cotton candy flavor in it. The best part is there's a Pelican Snowball location all over our listening area, so there's a Pelican's near you. Pelican Snowball's bringing you a cup of happiness every time with melt-in-your-mouth snow and a fun, relaxed atmosphere where you will always receive service with a smile. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it crust. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. Hey, Plante. At Greer Nissan, our goal is customer satisfaction and amazing savings. And right now, Greer Nissan has an SUV for everyone during the Nissan Summer of SUVs event. Save in Greer and get up to $10,000 off MSRP on a brand new 2019 Nissan Armada. Or for 36 months lease, a brand new 2019 Greer Nissan Rogue with keyless entry for a low $189 a month. Lease a brand new 2019 Nissan Murano with dual zone automatic temperature control for only $269 a month for 36 months during the Nissan Summer of SUVs event. Going on now at Greer Nissan, where you'll find low prices, big selection, and a commitment to quality customer service. Visit Greer Nissan today or online at greernissan.com. VIN number K935020 on MSRP 66190. VIN number KC715691. Selling price 26117. 189 security deposit. VIN number KN106259. Selling price 31792. 269 security deposit. Places with 3995 due at All prices plus tax, title, taxes. Offers include 399 closing fee with approved credit. Open Mike Daily is now in its second decade talking sports in Spartanburg. Hi, there? How do we explain our longevity? Clean living for one. Mm. A keen grasp of reality. Mm. We cover Spartanburg and Spartanburg County first. Weekday afternoons at 3 on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. You think you know me. Welcome back to Start Your Engines, and I want to tie up a couple of loose ends here. Greg Biffle won his last race, and we're rapidly approaching the anniversary of that. He won his last race on Sunday, June the 16th, 2013 at Michigan, Um, and he won it, of course, driving for Roush in uh, 3M, Give Kids a Smile, Jack Roush Ford. He started 19th and won that race with Kevin Harvick second. Martin Truex was third. Kyle Busch fourth. And that sounds like the way they could finish Sunday as far as I know. Yep. Um, fifth was Tony Stewart. Sixth, Matt Kenseth. Seventh, Boyer. Eighth, Edwards. Ninth, Logano. And tenth was Jeff Burton. So that was the last win by Greg well, Biffle. Burton and Stewart were the only two that wouldn't be in the hunt for this week. Uh, Kansas. Okay, Kansas in there, too. Yeah, three of them. And, uh, uh, yeah, Stewart, Edwards, Kansas, and Burton. And he continued to race for Roush. 
for three more years, 36 races a year, and that was would have been uh, 2014, 15, and 16 without winning. And I don't know if that discouraged him or what happened. I don't really remember. I was going to ask Nelson, but maybe we'll ask him another time because I got a feeling Biffle will be back. But uh, I don't know if the lack of winning is something that made him hang it up or what. But um, he still got it. Yeah, he he still got it. His, uh, his whole career, I think he was with Jack Roush, and that's very seldom that you see a driver yeah. stay with one car owner his whole career. That's right. I think Edwards did that, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think, I he, think did. he did. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, let's touch on what happened last week briefly and get you caught up on standings and things like that. First, we'll do the cup, which they ran Pocono. I didn't watch it because I failed to re- record it. And um, Alan tells me I didn't miss anything. I was going to say you didn't miss a whole lot. All right. Well, anyway, Kyle Busch won it. Brad Keselowski was second. Eric Jones third. My man Chase was fourth. And Clint Boyer was fifth. Uh, looks like, um, only crash was Stenhouse, which I'm sure made the cat in the hat very happy. And the point standings come out to, now this is the playoff standings. Kyle Busch has four wins. Brad Keselowski has three, but he's ahead of Truex who has three. Denny Hamlin has two. Fifth place is Logano with one and Chase has got one. And 7th through 16th, and these guys haven't won a race, and so they're going strictly on points. There's Kevin Harvick. That's amazing. He hasn't won a race yet. You know what? Kevin Harvick, uh, Kurt Busch is 8th, Ryan Blaney ninth, Clint Boyer 10th, Alex Bowman 11th, Eric Almarola 12th. I see you getting ready to lean in and make a Bowman comment. I, yeah, I really was because you talk <laughs> about amazing that Harvick hadn't won. It's amazing the Bowman Hatton with all those seconds. Yep. And uh, uh, Daniel Suarez is 13th. Now, William Byron is 14th, and he's sitting on the pole or the front row every week. So he's he's getting pretty close. <coughs> Eric Jones is 15th, and Kyle, Kyle Larson is 16th. Uh, say something while I get a drink. Something. <laughs> something else. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i know y'all uh probably didn't watch any of that arca race yesterday but i uh, missed it i was working on my chair on the arca race they had one driver just jump out front and pretty much lead everything out there uh driving a fast sinclair car uh but they only had 17 cars start to field. now now you you mentioned to that to us off air and and that was hard to believe yep uh you know i'm i'm sitting there counting i was sitting there watching the beginning of the race there and i seen you know how they have the pace car out front they usually have two packs of cars have two packs right. of cars. well i'm sitting there looking i said well are they going to show this other pack of cars here <laughs> behind them but uh that was the only one i got did they make mention of, of no, the field being so no, so low not, they did not mention that up there at michigan or whatever but uh uh they might need to look into that a little bit and kind of straighten that up a little bit too well i have the results here um michael self was the winner of that race and ty majeski who'd won the last two finished second brett holmes was third joe graff jr was fourth and tanner gray was fifth we keep it we keep up with brad smith here with the old james hilton number and he was 13th this is showing 18 cars so you missed it by one well one didn't one did not start the race one did not start the race let me see here uh, all right. Well, 
he may have qualified, but he did not come out to start the race. Uh, it's got Dick Dohaney, and I'm not arguing with you, but it's got him running seventh lap, <laughs> seven laps with uh, going out with ignition. So, anyway, point standings there. Uh, Michael Self is leading the points. Brad Holmes second. Travis Brayton third. Christian Eck is fourth. And Joe Graff is fifth. And our man Brad is still seventh because he runs all the races. Well, not the 17 or 18 whatever you want to think well, i'm going with 17 either he one was. of them either one of them is is terrible has is honestly i don't keep up with arca have has anything close to this happened to him this year no i don't think so most of it's uh i think first two or three cars right there was owned by venturi motorsports you know which uh he's he's pretty prominent there in the arca division so uh so the rest of the races, they've had a, a, a regular field. Pretty much a regular field. But, you field. know, a lot of times they like to showcase their talents at Michigan because of the factories and everything being up there. So that, that surprises me even more. Bill Venturini's car did win that race. Yep. And uh, so you're right. Uh, he, he, Christian Eckes and Matt Mayat, I don't know if that's a typo or not, Snyder, also drove Venturini cars and they finished seventh and eighth. So he's got a he's got a trailer load of cars to take up up there. And uh, thanks to Bill Venturini, they wouldn't have had but fourteen or fifteen cars. So uh, let's move on here and talk about the Xfinity race, which our man Jeremy Clements didn't do too badly. He was running a little better than this uh, towards the end of the race, but they ran at Pocono on June the first. And the winner was Cole Custer driving for Stuart Haas Racing. And uh, Tyler Reddick was second. Chase Briscoe was third. Ryan Priest fourth. And Christopher Bell was fifth. Jeremy Clements finished a lap behind in 16th place. But with uh, that 16th place finish, he managed to move up a spot in the standings into 16th, which is where we wanted him to be and to move up more from there. Um, Brandon Brown is in 15th and Jeremy is 45 points behind him. Okay. Now 16 is the cutoff, right? 16 is the cutoff for the playoffs. Right. So, uh, Jeremy's in there. He's got a, he's got a nine point bulge over Garrett Smithy and they've been sort of switching it back and forth every week. That point standings is Tyler Reddick has a nice lead over Christopher Bell by 77 points. Cole Custer is third. Austin Sendrick, fourth. Justin Allgaier, fifth. Chase Briscoe, sixth. John Hunter Nemechek, seventh. Noah Cragson, eighth. Michael Annette, ninth. And Justin Healy, tenth. So, uh, Jeremy Clements, hang in there, buddy. And I've seen where Ross Chastain has pulled out his uh, bid to be on uh, the Xfinity Series championship. So, if he was in front of Tony, he's going to move up one right there jeremy and uh he's moved his uh championship bid over to the truck series to the trucks yeah I, I saw that this I, last night i was i heard him talking about that I ross know. chastain is 13th right. and he's uh, uh doing some really quick math here he is 190 no he's only 97 points ahead of jeremy clement so jeremy can catch him in a few weeks no he's done no he, he's drawn out of the xfinity race yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying uh he, he he can Jeremy can catch Ross Chastain. No, Ross out. Chastain's not going to be there to be caught. 
He's pulled out of the X Oh, so he's not even, no matter no. how he, many he points. Moved, he, oh. moved his, he moved his stuff over to the truck series. And so he's start, got no points. No points. Oh, Starting okay. at zero yeah. in the trucks right now. Oh, okay. Then, then Jeremy's already, I didn't understand it worked that way. So thank you for that. Jeremy's already moved up a spot then and just, uh, and uh, Alan gets a big kick Well, on, on your list, if they still show Chastain, then they that, do. that means Jeremy will move up to 14th. Okay. You're, uh, well, he's in 16th now. And well, 15, he'll move up to 15th. He'll move up to 15th. Okay. Uh, we'll let the sun go down and come up and see how it looks next week. The Indy cars ran a double header. They ran consecutive days at uh, Belle Isle in Detroit. And the first one on last Sunday, uh, Saturday on June the 1st was a deluge. I mean, it was pouring down rain. They even delayed it until it stopped until it let up a little bit. It never did really quit too much. Uh, so they ran in a downpour, and they really didn't have all that many accidents, believe it or not, in the rain. And Joseph Newgarden won it. Alexander Rossi was second. Takomo Sato was third. Felix Rosenquist, the rookie for Ganassi, was fourth. And Ryan Hunter Ray was fifth. Now, there's no use. that was, And Scott Dixon uh, crashed. As he's, uh, you know, driving for uh, Chip Ganassi and trying to uh, move up in, from his fifth place in the standings. And so he didn't like that very much, wrecking in the rain. So uh, when they came back on Sunday, he said, well, I'm going to do better than that. And he did. He won. <laughs> That's better. So, and they didn't crash too much in the rain, but they tore up a bunch of cars in the dry on Sunday. And it was, I did, I didn't watch Saturday, but I did watch Sunday and it was an extremely entertaining race. Uh, Scott Dixon won it. The, uh, rookie Marcus Erickson was second in his best finish area, uh, ever for, uh, in his rookie season for Schmidt Peterson Motorsports. Will Power was third. Ryan Hunter Ray was fourth and Alexander Rossi was fifth. And the big story that came out of this was a crash on the first lap going into the first turn, which took out, um, Foyt's car, driven by Matthias Leist, the Brazilian, and Joseph Newgarden, who had won the day before. So the first-place winner finished next to last the next day. Uh, the first-place winner on Saturday finished next to last on Sunday, and the last-place finisher on Saturday finished first on Sunday. So they sort of flip-flopped that. And the points after the second race going into Texas tonight Joseph Newgarten is the points leader by 15 over Alexander Rossi. Simon Pagino is third. Scott Dixon is fourth. And Takumo Sato is fifth. Will Power sixth. Ryan Hunter Ray seventh. James Hinchcliffe eighth. Graham Rahal ninth. And Sebastian Bourdais tenth. So that's how the Indy cars are looking. Uh, they are flying down there in Texas. And I told you earlier that 222, I think, was the fastest I heard. And I believe that was the... Another mistake I made, he had a birthday recently, so he's not 18 anymore. Colton Heritage is 19. And uh, I think he was the fastest car, but none of that matters because, uh, you know, they're going to run the race. They're going to qualify here in a few minutes. Now, actually, I can tell you that they're going to qualify uh, the Indy cars at. I thought they was qualifying last night. This is, um, well, I don't have that here. Maybe they did. 
Uh, yes, they did. They qualified at 6.30 last night, so I, maybe I can get that during the next commercial break. You're right. Alan keeps me honest. You know that? That's a good thing. I think I can tell you who's sitting on the pole. Well, go ahead. Tell me. Sato. Oh, that's good. I really like him. He's a He drives with a lot of enthusiasm, and he's pretty fearless, too. He, uh, he's flat getting around that racetrack. All right. While we're in Detroit, we'll get this in before our last break here. The uh, Your brother's cars had kind of a rough uh, day, uh, if you call second and fifth rough. It was, again, a day for uh, Juan Pablo Montoya and the Acura to win with Dane Cameron. Felipe Nasser and Pippo Durrani were second with the Whelan Engineering Racing Cadillac. Third was Helio Castroneves and Ricky Taylor. Fourth was um, Simon Trummer and Stefan Simpson. Fifth was Misha Goikberg and Tristan Vautier. And sixth was your, other, your brother's other car with Juan Borbosa. And Felipe Albuquerque. So, uh, did you have any communication with your brother? And, and uh, yeah. what, what did he have to say? He said them Acres were going to be fast getting up off him corners, the way their motor program's set up. And uh, the Cadillacs are pretty much set up for those long straightaways and stuff like that. So, they kind of knew there's going to be a little bit behind the eight ball going in there. But sometimes you've got to give up somewhere to go fast somewhere else. Well, the next where else is going to be Watkins Glen, which I would think would be one of the faster courses. Uh, that's right. Got a little bit longer straightaways up there. You keep your RPMs up. You don't, you don't cut them down so much, and uh, that's that's part of what they do. Well, answer the phone there. You may have a cookout or something this afternoon in the in the rain. Uh, yeah, that'll be the next race for the MCA cars on June the thirtieth at Watkins Glen. Uh, that point standings has. Uh, Felipe Nasser first, Pipo Durrani second, Dane Cameron third, Juan Pablo Montoya fourth, Ricky Taylor fifth, Helio Castroneves sixth, Felipe Albuquerque seventh, and Jao Barbosa is eighth. And that's as far back as we go on uh, that standing. So let's take our final break here and come back, and, and um, I'll touch on Formula One for a minute, tell you what's on TV, and we will um, bring this thing to a halt. Works for me. Okay. By the way, you know Nelson Crozier, right? Yes. Who is he? He's the smartest man I know. Okay. We don't want to leave that out. We'll be right back. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. 
Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't plantain. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. Hey, plantain. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Delicious food at great prices. That's what you'll find at J&G Restaurant, located at 462 West Henry Street in Spartanburg. Be sure to try out the ever-popular Pig 4, where you can choose four breakfast items that include gravy biscuits, pancakes, home fries, and much more for only $7.25. They also serve a variety of breakfast sandwiches, including the pork chop and gravy biscuit. For lunch, try out their salmon and grits combo. J&G also serves mouth-watering burgers and hot dogs. That's J&G Restaurant, open Wednesday through Sunday. Call them at 864-308-1730. At Greer Nissan, our goal is customer satisfaction and amazing savings. And right now, Greer Nissan has an SUV for everyone during the Nissan Summer of SUVs event. Save in Greer and get up to $10,000 off MSRP on a brand new 2019 Nissan Armada. Or for 36 months lease, a brand new 2019 Greer Nissan Rogue with keyless entry for a low $189 a month. Lease a brand new 2019 Nissan Murano with dual zone automatic temperature control for only $269 a month for 36 months during the Nissan Summer of SUVs event. Going on now at Greer Nissan, where you'll find low prices, big selection, and a commitment to quality customer service. Visit Greer Nissan today or online at greernissan.com. VIN number K935020, MSRP 66190. VIN number KC715691, selling price 26117, 189 security deposit. VIN number KN106259, selling price 31792, 269 security deposit. Places with 3995 to its item. All prices plus tax, title, taxes. Offers include 399 closing fee with approved credit. I've seen the bookmarks on your computer. Gmail, Google. Where are we? Why are we not bookmark worthy? Go away. Don't talk to me. I hope your car radio explodes. <laughs> okay, I take it back. But please, bookmark SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. I don't know what that is, but welcome back to Start Your Engines. I tell you, we need to we need to screen the music a little better. I have the qualifying results from the for the DXC Technology 600 tonight at Texas Motor Speedway, and that is for sure. As uh, Alan told us, Takumo Sato is on the pole. At a blistering 220 and a quarter miles an hour. Second is Scott Dixon at 200, just a shade under that at 220.162. Sebastian Bourdais is third at 219.7. Uh, Ryan Hunter Ray is fourth at 219.5. Simon Pagano is fifth at 219.3. Spencer Piggott is uh, sixth at uh, 219 even or a little over. Joseph Newgarten is seventh at 218.6. James Hinchcliffe is eighth at 218.4. Uh, 
Ryan, uh, I'm sorry, Graham Rahal is ninth at 218.4, and Colton Herta is uh, 10th at 218.4. Uh, looking on down the line here, there's a full field of 22 cars. I don't know what happened to Tony Kanan, but he is starting AJ's car, who used to do real good at Texas. He is um, starting dead last, as did not qualify. So, um, looking down the rest of the field, it's uh, 11th through 22nd quickly will be Rossi, Veach, Carpenter, Erickson, Power, Rosenquist, Kimball, Ferrucci, Daly, Least, Andretti, and Tony Kanan. So, that will be tonight. And I'll give you the times for that. I might as well give it to you right now. Uh, that race is at the pre-race is at eight o'clock. The race itself is at eight thirty, and that's on NBCSN. And that'll be an exciting race. Only other thing I need to touch on here: there was no Formula One race last week. They haven't run since Monte Carlo on Memorial Day, but they are in um, Canada tomorrow at. Uh, Circuit Villeneuve, Gilles Villeneuve, um, and don't have the results of that qualifying yet, but uh, Lewis Hamilton's running away with the points. He is way, way out front. Uh, well, actually, he's got a 17-point lead on Valtteri Bottas, who's his teammate. Sebastian Vettel is third. Ver Max Verstappen is fourth, and Roger Leclerc and the Ferrari is fifth, but right now it's a two-horse show, and they're both McLaren. Um, Mercedes. So uh, I want to take a quick second to thank Lanny McKinney, who does our podcast, uh, but not today because he's having internet trouble. It must be something in the atmosphere because um, he's, a, he's a computer whiz, and he would have his running if there was any way. He said he was watching Greg on TV down in Daytona yesterday and hasn't been able to catch anything since. So uh, at least we're going out over the air and it seems like there must be something it, it may be a, a problem with charters something in their lines could be yeah, that's where our internet's from i don't know about with uh well, lanny it's that's where mine comes from and, and as far as i know it was working this morning so uh anyway alan you got anything you look uh, like you're getting ready to say something i just uh wish we was getting race this weekend but looks like we're gonna have a full weekend next week we plan on going to Cherokee Speedway on Friday night, and then if things go right and they put us on the schedule for Harris, uh, we may venture back up there. Double to dip. Yep. Try to get two races in one weekend. That'd be great. Get get, get that get that good rear end in there. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try our best to get rid of that monkey. Listen, one thing you can do. We talked about Jeremy Clements earlier. If you are a Twitter user, Jeremy's on Twitter at Jeremy Race jeremy clements racing it's at jcr underscore clements 51 and this is for him a what he re refers to it's it's a race day giveaway and here's how to enter and how to win two 2019 hero cards and five lug nuts okay <laughs> one you have to be on twitter you have to pick jeremy's finishing place in today's race and you have to retweet the the tweet that i'm looking at right here and like it of course and tag two friends in the tweet and the picks must be in by 12 30 and if there's more than one winner there'll be a random draw to see who who gets the prize and uh listen i follow jeremy he does a good job of 
of of giving you information about where he's finishing, why he's finishing, where he's racing, and we just need to. I think if if you like racing, if you follow Jeremy Clements on Twitter, you'll enjoy his tweets. Well, I don't Twitter. I'm crazy about Jeremy, but um, those instructions I just heard, I, I might as well have been in Chinese. I have no idea about any of that stuff and and getting two other people to do it. Maybe I can get you to do it, Alan. Uh, you're going to be out of luck, Eric. <laughs> I'll just have to learn how to text. <laughs> How's the email coming? Uh, email, uh, I still don't know about that email. You probably got 87 of them backed up like you did the last time I asked you about the uh, about something on email. All right, let's get into the TV. I've already been corrected here. The Indy qualifying was last night, so forget that. I um, missed it when I was uh, highlighting what I needed to talk about, So, uh, but I gave you the entire rundown to make up for it. Xfinity qualifying was uh, 10.30 to 11.30, so it is uh, wrapped up by now. Don't have any results on that. And um, the... Cup qualifying starts at noon. So that's from noon till one on FS1. The Xfinity race itself, the pre-race show, now this is on FS1 as well. This is today. At 1 p.m. to 1.30 is the pre-race show, and 1.30 to 4 is the race itself. We, of course, we've just been talking about Jeremy. We will be pulling hard for him. If you want to watch the Formula One qualifying at Circuit Gilles Villeneuve, um, he was, uh, probably Canada's most famous, uh, Grand Prix driver and they've had some, he, um, lost his life several years ago at Monza, if I'm not mistaken. So they named the circuit after him as, uh, they often do that qualifying will be at one, uh, 55, call it two o'clock to three o'clock on ESPN news. So you got to look a little hard to find that one tonight. The pre-race show, I will be watching from 8 p.m. to 8.30 uh, on NBCSN for the Indianapolis cars at Texas. And the race itself is from 8.30 to 10.30. And the post-race show will be 10.30 to 11. So there's no NBA, uh, you know, College World Series, I guess, is going on, baseball, whatever, no um no reason not to watch the Indy car race if you're an Indy if you're a racing fan at all. It will be exciting. I mean, they get around 220 miles an hour on a on a mile track, a mile and a half track. It's flying. Uh yeah, they'll probably get a little dizzy out there. Well, you know, they did that a few. We were just talking about that a couple of years ago. They said they were getting um, vertigo or something from uh, from just going around the track so fast. And then whoever can forget. I guess it must have been about 1998 or 9 when Ari Dyke was doing so well. He uh, he kind of stole one from A.J. Foyt down there when Foyt had Cheever driving. I remember that much. And while uh, Dyke was strolling out of his car going to be interviewed, A.J. just sneaks up behind him and whacks him in the ear, which uh, was rather rude and not very sportsmanlike, but it was A.J., and it was live television, and it was kind of funny. Um, tomorrow... Sunday, June the 9th, NASCAR, of course, is running at Michigan. And the uh, pre-race show will be from 1 to 2. The race itself from 2 to 5.30. And I don't have Nelson to tell me how the weather is up there. So uh, if you watch the Xfinity qualifying or the qualifying that's coming on here in just a few minutes, you can tell us. 
And then the Formula One race is going to be um, pretty much in direct competition with the NASCAR race. And it is uh, here's an interesting point: the Formula One race that um, uh, in in Canada, the Canadian Grand Prix, is from one thirty to four on ABC. Now, Indianapolis moved to NBC. ESPN uh, is is not doing a. They're doing Formula One, which is a whole bunch of different people. It, it's sort of like a it's sort of like a subcontract kind of deal, you know, where they've got people that do the great. I think it's called Sky One Television that does all the uh, Grand Prix races, and ESPN just picks up on it. This may be the same thing, but it says ABC, and I'm kind of hoping that maybe ABC's got its own announcers. I don't know. I'd love to see, um, you know, our buddy Dr. Punch back out there on pit road. So, uh, you know, we'll see if it's ABC or if it's the same, um, the same feed that they have every week, which is probably what it'll be. Uh, there's a lot of replays and things going on. There's drag racing uh, from Topeka. It's the same day deal on FS1 from 5.30 to 8.30 tomorrow. And uh, we love drag racing. We love everything. We just don't have time to talk about it. I'll apologize right now, although it's not my fault or anybody in this room of whatever technical stuff went on today. And um, Ronnie's sitting over here shaking his head. I mean, if, 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 it could have, if we could have done something about it, Ronnie would have done it. Let's don't forget that uh, Eldora race tonight, too. You probably get it on pay-per-view if everybody is likes dirt track racing. Uh, they'll probably, this dirt track race here, you're going to have the best of the world of outlaws plus the Lucas Oil Series. So you got two series there that kind of step aside to let Tony Stewart kind of do this and both both programs come together. And that's, that's going to be uh, probably top 20 of the best cars out there. Well, it's a, it might be a good rainy night to stay inside and watch some racing. And we, um, once again, want to thank Bud Moore for his service and all of the veterans, of course, that served in World War II and, and all the wars. I mean, even my son right now in the Marines at Camp Lejeune camping out in the woods somewhere. But for the people that stormed Normandy against just incredible odds and and, you know, as soon as the front of that boat dropped down, you know, some of them lost their lives immediately. Like Bud said, some of those shells coming in at, at Utah Beach, they, uh, you know, they hit directly on some of those landing crafts, and some people never knew what hit them. So we've got them to thank for our freedom. That was 75 years ago. And to hear Bud Moore tell it, like I said, we're going to play that every year from now on. Yeah, and if you happen to pull up your radar and – Look down from Atlanta down into Montgomery, Alabama. There's a lot of rain that way headed this way. So it might be a good night instead of going to a track to sit home and watch the Eldora race on pay-per-view. Well, it sounds like from what Alan just said, about everybody's already canceled, right? Yep, about everybody's already canceled. TR did not get to run last night because of rain and stuff. And uh, like I told y'all, I said I woke up this morning. I realized I had green grass. <laughs> that hadn't happened here in a while uh about 21 days straight without rain yeah it was and uh actually my day is to, today is my day to cut two yards uh cut the widow ladies next door and 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 my own i cut mine every week hers every other week so uh i don't know if i'll get that done today but i tell you what we uh we're gonna be back next week hopefully with uh Let's see, we've had weeks when we didn't have enough microphones, and uh, this week we had that covered, and 
I was sailing right along while we had Nelson on hold until the technical problems hit. So uh, evidently uh, there's some sort of gremlin around here we'll get taken care of. Ronnie, anything to say? We got uh, 30 seconds. Well, you know, the, there is an old legend that this station is haunted. Well, it's been here since I was a little boy, so it's been here a long time. And uh, the haints are out today, Alan. Well, hopefully uh, we're going to race here next Friday night over here at Cherokee Speedway, and hopefully uh, I can go over and we can get that win, and I can bring that little monkey and set him up in here. (laughs) (laughs) We got the monkey on our back in here for sure. I see here where uh, Greg Moore called. I missed it. Sorry, Greg. uh, I'll explain it to you in a few minutes when we get off the air. Thank you for... uh, listening today we uh hopefully get this stuff straightened out for next week and have a better show for you greg's working on some really good guests so uh remember be careful out there come back next week keep it between the fences you've been listening to start your engines Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. The home of the Spartanburg Vikings is Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. Sports trending now. This report presented by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore.